this episode of the podcast, check out the strategy I use to get that one lonely kid in the classroom to actually participate. And one more thing, I literally recorded this podcast in like four different places at four different times. So wherever I am and I can bring you guys good value, I'll do it. Enjoy. Yes, yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the After the Bell Rings podcast. Of course, I am your host, Michael Barnes. Listen, today is going to be a short, or this episode is going to be a short but impactful episode. Uh, you know, kind of like an Altoid. I call this the Altoid episode. Short, but it's called Pack a Punch. Uh, so <laughs> I want to tell you guys about, uh, about my drone camp and the experience I had with one of the, one of the kids. Now, this kid, I mean, you have him in most every class. You have the kid who's not really either not feeling it or he's having a little a little problem getting going. Um, doesn't really doesn't really communicate with the other kids. Just it's just it's just tough to tough to get him to be excited about about the program, especially when he's dealing with drones. You would imagine it's it's a little it wouldn't be tough to get kids excited about drones and remote control things that fly and can knock you upside your head. But this, but this one kid, he's he was just that. He was just having a lot of trouble. Um, a lot of trouble getting going. And this has been the case over the past five or six sessions. I think right now we're about we're about six or seven sessions in. And ever since the beginning, he's had a little trouble just, just getting going. Doesn't, doesn't smile. I have never seen this kid crack a smile in class. Never seen. Never seen him say more than a couple words. And this is just, this is just plaguing me because he's the only one in the class that this happens to the only one everybody else is smiling joking having a good time playing with their drones uh working through problems and just having having a lot of fun with with the drones or with the uh, the tinker software that they're using everybody's having a good old time except him in the corner sad not saying much frowning and I couldn't help but try one thing to get him going so there's one strategy I use to to really get him going and I've done this on a couple of occasions and it's worked so I wanted to see if it would work on him and sometimes you just have to speak life into people you have to speak things into existence not even as far as your own actions or your own thoughts or your own emotions. But sometimes you have to speak life into other people. Uh, And that's what motivational speakers do. That's what um, preachers and pastors and and other thought leaders and generally leaders do. Uh, Vocal ones, they speak life into people. So one thing I wanted to try to do to him is just that, speak life into him. Like speak things into exi- into existence. So I looked at him and I said, 
are, I need your help. And that's one thing that I, like, that's my, that's my entryway. That's my entry point. If I wanted to get somebody to listen to me, that's my, that's my go-to line. I'll say, look, I need your help. Because everybody wants to help. Uh-huh. That just allows, if you come to me and say, hey, I need your help. That means I get to use my best self to make a difference on somebody else. And who, who doesn't want that? Anyone, anyone from a kid all the way to the oldest of adults. From one through hundred. Everybody likes to help other people. Everybody likes to see somebody else smile because it makes us feel good. So I looked at him and I said, I need your help. We're having a lot of problems with connectivity and So I looked at him and I said, look, I need your help. I said, we're having a lot of trouble with connectivity uh, because the Bluetooth uh, connections and messages and all that other stuff. The Bluetooth uh, signals, that's what I'm trying to say, signals. The Bluetooth signals get scrambled and it's tough to, to get one drone to connect to the other. So I said, if you were me, or not even if you were me, but you're a you're an analytical guy. You're you're a detailed thinker, which is key because uh, I think to him, me calling him a detailed thinker and letting him know that I see the best attributes in him, let him know that wow, even though I've been silent all this time, like somebody really sees me, somebody really values me, and that's really what I want to do to all of these kids is just. Let them know that I value them, that I see them, that you're recognized, you're acknowledged, and I see, I see your strengths. So I said, look, you're, you're an analytical guy. You're a detailed thinker. What should we do about all of these connectivity issues? And just to kind of, kind of ease him into the situation, I gave him two options. I said, should we all work together on one drone or should we just pick out two and hopefully that'll work and then we can kind of put ourselves into two teams because I gave them a challenge to basically make their drone go in a figure eight program their drone so so that it goes in a figure eight around two chairs so I said should we just work with one drone and work as a team or should we go with two drones and work as two teams. He thought about it, and he wasn't really, he wasn't like, ooh, 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 somebody recognizes me. Let me enthusiastically give this answer. No, it wasn't like that. It was, he kind of eased into it. He said, uh, we can, he said, we'll do, we'll do two teams. And then after he said, let's do two teams, I just kind of put it to a vote between him and some of the other kids to see what they thought. Uh, I always like to allow the kids to give input. <clears throat> so some of them said, oh, let's do two teams. Some of them said, oh, let's do do one. But regardless of what the outcome was, the thing, the kicker is what happened after that, after the decision was made. Maybe about 10 minutes later, we still couldn't, still couldn't get anything together uh, as far 
as the the number of teams or the the connectivity issue anyway. But one thing that I did see was I saw him participate. For the first time in like six weeks, I saw him get up and actually map out how he was going to program his drone to go in this figure eight. I've never seen this before. I didn't even know he knew how to do that because earlier in the class or in previous sessions, we showed them, well, I don't want to take credit. The other instructor showed them how to, how to map things out by using their steps um, and translating their physical steps to the digital code that they would give the, the drone, for example, two feet in this direction. And then you put that, you code that into, into the program. So I actually saw him get out a sheet of paper and map out how he was going to allow his drone to move in this figure eight. Again, something that had never happened in six weeks. And I was like, wow. Now, honestly, I'd like to think it was because I encouraged him through my words. I encouraged him to, to be a detailed thinker, to be analytical. So he, so he took the life that I allegedly spoke into him and he executed it. Because now my hope now is that he thinks of himself as a detailed thinker. He thinks of himself as an analytical thinker. So now what my responsibility is going to be from here on out, whether it's with the, the next class or whatever, is to really see how those words, how he thinks of himself, how he is starting to, how he wants to manifest, how he sees himself and how that perspective of himself translates into his participation with the group and how that uh, translates into his role in the class, how that translates into um, his programming, his drones. But it just goes to show like you have to, you have to allow people, you have to speak life into people. You have to tell them that, look, I see the good things that you're doing. Now, honestly, he may not have been an analytical thing. He may not have been a detailed thing. Let's be honest. He could be the least analytical person in the world. He could be the least detailed thinker in his classroom. But now he thinks of himself as being an analytical thinker. He thinks of himself as being a detailed thinker. So sometimes it's not what, honestly, it's not what you think of yourself a lot of times. It's not what kids think of themselves that allows them to execute a particular task or have a certain mindset. It's what the influential people in their lives think of them. What the influential and authoritative people in their lives think of them. 
And that's why a lot of us have how our how our insecurities are manifested. Case in point. I don't wear shorts. I hate wearing shorts. And it's only because I don't like the size of my calves. And the reason I don't like the size of my calves is because when I was, I believe I was in eighth grade and I'm in the middle of a basketball or before a basketball game. And I'm talking to my mom and she says, she says something, but the phrase that she, that she said was <laughs> not with those dinky calves or something like that, or not with those chicken legs. And it's crazy because before that, I never even took a second thought of my legs. I actually thought that because I was athletic, that I had pretty decent sized legs. Like I was I had athletic type legs. But when she said that, now it made me think twice. Like, man, maybe I do have dinky calves. Maybe I do have little chicken legs, as she called it. So ever since then, I hated wearing shorts. And it took me a while to realize that that's why I actually didn't take me a while to realize. But I knew that that's why I didn't like wearing shorts. But it took me a while to realize the source or who who allowed you to say or who put that bug in your ear that told you that you had chicken legs, that your calves were undersized or did not look good. And I had to realize that it was the it was the source. It was the influential person in my life that really put that seed, planted that seed in my brain. And she probably didn't know how far her words took her or took me. She probably didn't know the the full gamut, the full effect of what she told me and her words. But that's what happened. That's what happened. I'm going to encourage everybody to to read or listen if you're an audiobook kind of person, which I am. Uh, I have the book called Psycho Cybernetics on audiobook. So whether you do the audiobook or actually buy the book or uh, buy the physical book, I encourage everybody to read the book Psycho Cybernetics by a gentleman named, I believe it's um, Maltz, Maxwell Maltz. Maltz is a is a plastic surgeon and he wrote the book Psycho Cybernetics because he realized that the people that came to him and said, hey, I need plastic surgery. May or may not have needed plastic surgery. In a lot of cases, they didn't need plastic surgery. But the reason they needed plastic surgery or the reason they thought they needed plastic surgery was because of their own self image because of what somebody taught them or what somebody told them. And there a person's negative self image or a person's self image period, whether it be positive or negative is often the source of the influential or something that was told to them by the influential people in their lives. The authoritative people 
in their lives, the authoritative person in their lives. Teachers, parents, mentors, anybody else who is an authority figure in somebody's life. People hold a high value to authority. Especially when it's when it's personal like that, when you know this person, when it's a parent, when it's a teacher who spends a lot of time with uh, with a kid or a mentor who spends a lot of time with a kid or a person just of high authority, maybe like a doctor or um, the president or a lawyer, people who have high authority or high levels of influence in a person's life can definitely affect how a person thinks of themselves if they don't have a strong enough self-image. And kids don't have the experience in life to really develop and manifest and harden and solidify their self-image. So anybody could come in and say, look, you you have chicken legs. And you can believe it. Because honestly, now I like people who know me in in person, people who have uh, who have seen me in person, whether it's at the gym or whatever. I'm I don't have I have a small frame, but I'm but I spend a lot of time working out. Uh, I work on I work on my physique. Uh, I work on my chicken legs. And it took me just this, just a few days before this recording, it took me just a few days to realize that I no longer have chicken legs because of the work that I put in. I'm no longer that skinny third grader. I'm no longer that the kid with the, of course, I still have a small frame, but I'm no longer the, the skinny guy. Now I'm, I have a little, what they say, I have a little meat on my bones. But regardless of the reality, let me back it up. Perception is reality. Perception is reality. If you, no matter what I see, no matter what is actually, no matter what other people see, when they look at me, when I look in the mirror, I still see that skinny third grader. I still see that skinny kid. And in a a little, a little bit, I still think I have chicken legs. Whether other people see that is irrelevant. But my perception of myself is reality. And often that perception was shaped from things that people have told me as a kid. I'm 33 now. My perception or my reality, the source of my perception was shaped from things that happened years ago. And I was like, I don't know, nine or 10 or however you are in the third grade, years ago. And I still think of myself like that. I, just a, a few moments from this recording, I walked into 
I walked into my back office, into the office um, at the YMCA where I work. Walked into the office, just finished, just finished working out. So I still had that that post workout look. And I had I had on a sleeveless shirt and a couple of people were like, wow, you must have just come from working out because you just like you have the the physique and the the cut in your arms. And I look I look at them like, I don't know what you're talking about, because to me, I still I'm still skinny. I still look like that skinny third grade. I still look like that that skinny kid who they really paid any attention to that weak kid that was athletic, but didn't have a whole lot of strength. That's how I think of myself. So I keep, I make sure I, I stay, I stay in the gym. I make sure I, I stay developing my physique. And those are my insecurities. Now everybody's got insecurities. There's not a person on this planet doesn't have some kind of insecurities. Even the most confident person can have even the smallest insecurity. Or maybe that confidence, or maybe that overconfidence is a mask for the insecurities that they do have. But bottom line, everybody has insecurities. But one thing that as a mentor, one thing that I want to be sure of is that they have that I can strengthen their self-image. I can bring the kids in my program more, more self-awareness, uh, more information about themselves, uh, encourage them to communicate better with themselves to increase their self-awareness, to increase their, their self-image. So they can acknowledge their insecurities but also know how to work through them um, and have a strong, a strong self-image in one area that doesn't, that doesn't hinder or where their, uh, where their insecurities aren't a hindrance. Cause like I said, everybody has them, but one thing I don't want to happen is for them to be, too too insecure that it hinders their own success so one thing that i use again man and this is so so important um one of my favorite people in the field of youth development uh miss uh miss sandra johnson is um is that words do matter not necessarily the the negative words that we use, but also how we use positivity, how we take positive words to infuse into youth, how we take those positive words and use it to infuse into um, not just the youth, but the people around us. Uh, and in my particular situation, youth and just encourage them to be their best self. Uh, and for me, that starts with uh, communication, both verbal and listening. Listening is also a form of communication, uh, but using using the communication to really strengthen the self-image that these kids have.